You're listening to Mapleview Community Church Podcast. Well, this morning I'm going to follow up with a, the second question a little bit that I had last week. If you weren't here last week, more or less I pulled two questions out of the hat, one in the first service and then one in the second. Uh, and I spoke on it without any prior knowledge or knowing of what I was sharing, going to share on. I didn't prepare for anything, and, and some of you liked it. Some of you thought that was crazy. Uh, some of you said it was the best sermon ever, and I thought to myself, wow, <laughs> maybe I should just always pull something out of the hat. <laughs> uh, sure save some time. Um, but I want to follow up on some sp- the second question of yesterday that I think applies to all of us in some way. The, the fact of spiritual warfare the challenges that we're facing today and the struggles that we're going through and where they originate from and how maybe we can ha- handle them. But before that, a joke. This year, or this day, I'm picking on a new pastor. And you know the jokes are just for fun, right? There's no real meaning behind them when I pick on the pastors. But Pastor John uh, Rach, he set up this year for us a, a golf league that plays nine holes every week, starting around 4.30. And I've been trying to go out and, and get a few rounds in. Um, I think he really likes golf since he was the low score in the league this past week. Either that or he's fixing everything according to his playing. And so a joke I thought would be right about John. Last week, Pastor John and Craig were playing, and you can't trust their scores at all when they're playing golf in the summer league. Pastor John is about to chip in onto the green when he sees a funeral possession on the road next to the course. He stops in mid-swing, takes off his golf cap, closes his eyes, and bows down in prayer. Pastor Craig says, wow, John, that's the most thoughtful and touching thing I've ever seen you do. You're truly a kind man. And Pastor John says, yeah, we were married for 35 years. Ah, uh, that John. Spiritual warfare and the struggles that we face aren't always talked about very much. And I want to address a specific issue of spiritual warfare that influences our everyday life that is somewhat of a unique stream. It has equal power to ensnare as any other power or any other type of warfare or snare. It has the power to bind and lead you into and control your lives and lead you into a destructiveness in your own hearts and lives. I want to begin with this scripture because it's important and sometimes we can forget about it. James chapter 1 verse 13 says this. It says, when tempted... When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Now here's the important part. But each person, when tempted, are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin when it's full grown, gives birth to death. Sometimes the enemy gets a whole lot more credit than he deserves. We have the ability 
to succumb to temptation all on our own. The Lord's Prayer actually touches upon the issue when it says, lead me not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. But it's the Apostle Paul's words to the struggling Corinthian church. Now think about it. This is his words to a church body, not to the pagan world, not to the secular world around him, but to the Corinthian church that my focus is found this morning. And he says this, chapter 2, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1 to 5. I want you to listen closely because the words become poignant to us. By the meekness and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you. I, Paul, who am timid when face to face with you, but bold when away. I beg you that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be towards some people who think that we live by the standards of this world. Listen, church, we do not live by the same standards of the world. We do not, you cannot just compare yourself with those people. We do not live by those standards. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. I, I was coming in this morning, I listened to the news, there's a 97% increase in warfare and people dying in battle over the last year than there was the year before. There's wars going on all around us, all kinds of struggles. We have friends and family that are connected to the Ukraine crisis, to the Russian crisis. There's all kinds of things. But we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. It's not tanks and ships and planes and guns. On the contrary, Paul says, they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So this morning, I want to appeal to you in meekness and gentleness. I'm not Paul, but I want to tell you that the victory of overcoming temptation and sin can be yours by casting down vain imaginations. And one of the other questions, and by the way, I think I might, if you have, there may be another question sheet that you can write down and I'll do something next week is the long weekend. I thought I might try it again. And Lori Lynn suggested I try it on the long weekends. But vain imaginations in our day can also be known, and if I saw Mariah come through here, it was the first brought to my attention through Mar Mariah, as intrusive thoughts. Intrusive thoughts. Intrusive, intrusive thoughts are unwanted thoughts that can pop into our heads without warning at any time. They're often reoccurring or repetitive. It's the same kind of thought cropping up again and again. And they can become very distressing to us, even disturbing, and if allowed, can be debilitating and, and freeze us. Intrusive thoughts or vain imaginations left unattended can lead you into temptation and that temptation can lead you into sin and destructiveness and even lead to both spiritual and physical death. We see that quite often in the, in the news around us. Intrusive thoughts may be 
doing something violent. It's not totally out of character with you. Something violent pops into your head or illegal. Intrusive thoughts can come in their form of self-harm. When you're up on a balcony, I wonder what it would be like just to jump off this balcony. What would happen? What, what, what trouble would occur? That's an intrusive thought. Fears of maybe being in some type of accident or car accident or some, a loved one or care. You just, you're just compelled. You can't get it out of your mind. Concerns about doing something embarrassing in your life. You just, oh my goodness, I, I, you're paralyzed because you're afraid that, to step out. Intrusive thoughts could be sexual in nature. Things that you would never think about or never want to think about, and yet there they are. All these and more are what I'm thinking Paul's talking about, vain imaginations. The category can be debilitating, agitating, and used by Satan to set you up for a fall. Because each person, when he's tempted, when they're dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Well, is there a way past that? Well, yes, there is. Almost all types of spiritual warfare, invisible warfare, Satan's desires to control your mind at some level. And really a lot of our battle in these days and struggles that we face begin with the battle of the mind. What we think, what we believe, how we approach things. And that's the focus of Paul's words to the body of Christ at Corinth. And it's also true for Barry today. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. They're not, they're not the same. On the contrary, they are mighty for God in pulling down strongholds, casting, listen, intrusive thoughts, casting down arguments, and every high thing that comes across your heart and mind that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. There's things that you and I know to be true, but we're wrestling with the same things, doubts and unbeliefs, over and over again. And it's at that point we need to learn how to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Though we know it's wrong, we don't have to live in that. We can overcome. You do not have to yield to temptation that attacks you. The clear and present danger as I see it, facing the bride of Christ today is often the battle being waged for your mind. Let that sink in. Your thoughts, your ideas, your philosophies. Today, the enemy's weapons of war are, for us at least, we don't see the physical warfare happen around us, although crime and all of those terrible things and are adding up here. The weapons are vain philosophies. Now, these are, this is right out of the Bible. We try to excuse sin. It's not really sin anymore. It's just the way the world is going. It, we're enlightened. We know more. It's no longer do we call sin, sin. Vain philosophies try to capture you with intelligent-sounding intelligent arguments. They're intelligent. They make sense on the other word, but they're but yet deep dive, they're opposed to the word of God. They sound so elegant and so special and everybody has just discovered something brand new that's never been discovered that's going to rid you of all your problems. Just click on this social media and watch a 40-minute video that will lead to nothing and you have to buy it at the end. It will, vain philosophies, enslave you with deceitful promises. 
making you promises that just will not, but you keep hoping and trusting and you de can depart so quickly from the word of God. Or they can imprison you with false hope. All these things that suggest that you can make it through. There's also ingrained traditions that we, the standards of this world, ingrained traditions, man-made codes of ethics, customs, traditions that we just settle for, we just believe in without even weighing it against the Word of God. And I, listen, I'm not opposed to things. I'm not a pessimist. I'm not an antagonist. But there's humanistic education all, the, all over the place. It's far from a biblical worldview. And we put our hope a lot of time in the humanistic education rather than the Word of God. We don't even know what the Word of God says in some situations. The Big Bang Theory, boom, is all this somehow material matter is moved into a little nano atom and it explodes and everything comes to pass. Somewhere along the line, that's what the Big Bang Theory comes to. Something from nothing. Where did this something come from? No one says. If you want to believe that the Big Bang created the earth and the soil and everything, that's fine. I believe that a living God created that. And yet, to be, for us to even suggest that looks like we are playing the part of a fool. And yet, faith in the Big Bangs here is, is just as, it's more faith than required that something came from absolutely nothing. And then there's the cultural biases that we find ourselves in, uh, being attacked with. Titles, race relations, social credentials, wealth, money makes right, money makes power. Man-made ideas and conclusions versus God-breathed inspiration and design. That's, the, that's a warfare that we're fighting against all the time. And it's not, it's not demons and dragons and all kinds of other spiritual entities. They, yes, we understand there's invisible realms and there's different things going on. But there's also this, this world around us that we somehow don't recognize that we have some ability to step into and change and transform ourselves. Learning how to cast down vain imaginations, thinking and taking every thought captive. That means you're thinking. You, you, you're not going to allow that intrusive thought direct your steps. Hey, I'm just waiting for a bad report from the doctor. It's going to come. I know it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter. It's coming. I know it's going to be there. How can I, I doing the math? Someone, it has to happen. And that's a vain imagination. It's a intrusive thought that you begin to dwell on. But you can take that thought captive. Attitudes that begin to reflect our thinking and then actions over time. We can take captive those intrusive thoughts by replacing it with wise biblical wisdom, thinking. It's what's going to lead you to achieving God's highest and best. That's why it's so important to allow the word of God to get into you. That I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That I have the power in the name of Jesus to ask and see and receive. I can speak things. I can declare things according to the word of God that, that I can live a healthy and strong life. Uh, you know, I, I, I say all the time, I'm going to live to 120. I'm 60 years out still. I've got half my life left. I pray Psalm 103, uh, verse 5 all the time. Renew us in our youth. Almost regularly when we're walking. I pray for many of you that healing would come. I believe in miracles, what I read. I'm trusting in, and, and all the things that would say that's not true, that's not true. I'm standing, you got to stand on the word of God. You got to cast down some of those things. Now, it sounds like pie in the sky. It can't, but not, uh, you don't have to believe it. I believe it. I'm living it out. 
New, fresh, vibrant life in Jesus means tearing down old strongholds, high places that have been built up over the years in your life. In our case, that means unlearning the secular, human, humanistic, fleshly, worldly thinking that have been taught to us since birth. And that's the church world. We all live in a society that we, we promote um, higher education at all costs. There's nothing bigger, nothing better, nothing more elaborate. Than, and I'm all for education. We've been taught, we, we, even within the church. And I'm not saying that's bad. Don't get me wrong. Those things are important, but they have to be found in the context of biblical is all truth. This is, this is an important statement. I, I, I heard it many, 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 many years ago. You can dwell on it. All truth, all truth is God's truth. All truth is God's truth. God designed that. Strongholds, high places, are any position of power in your life that are not submitted to Christ. See, wealth doesn't have to be bad when it's submitted to Jesus. When it's unsubmitted, titles don't have to be bad when it's submitted to Jesus because you know that everyone has value no matter where you are, who you are, what land you live in, what language you speak. All people are valuable. When it's submitted to God, everything's going to be fine. The problem is we don't submit it all to the Lord. Jeff Walton said two weeks ago, our missionary to South Africa, said the enemy uses stuff to choke us from God's purposes. We have so much stuff here. An unquenchable thirst and hunger for money to buy stuff. Social status. You could buy followers at one time. You want to, they're not even true. You just buy them. Why would anybody buy followers? Well, it's for the look, the influence. Likes, fame, sports fame, movie fame, achievement. Just give me the, you know, Nobel Prize now for spiritual understanding. I'll take that, right? You know, all these things, if not submitted to God, there's many followers of Christ that have done amazing things with their gifts and talents. But if they're not submitted to God, can be part of the temptation that will lead you away and, and that can defeat you through carnal wisdom. But we're not defeated through carnal wisdom, not through more education, not through scientific rationale alone. There is the word of God that begins to teach us, train us, help us, point us in a new direction. You can, that's why I, long many years ago, I become very literal in the Bible because I might not know stuff, but if the Bible's saying, and that's why it's important even to understand the different translations and different things going on. Lots of this deconstructionism happening around the globe right now in all kinds of ways. Be careful of what version you even choose because they're slowly taking out things and you're not going to know it. Big publishing companies have taken over the printing of the Bible. So lots of things going on. Get an old one. <laughs> not saying everything's perfect there either, but get an old one. Only through supernatural intervention from the Lord and through faith exercised by believers casting down vain imaginations. I, I need to do that. Intrusive thought. How many has ever, ever had an intrusive thought? We can deal with them. We can get through them. I've got to keep going here because I'm almost out of time. Paul is telling us that every high place, doubts and unbelief could become high places in our lives. We just choose, okay, that can't happen. You begin to think. He says, we can't be defeated. But the weapons that we fight with have divine power. Our words, our praise, our prayers, divine power. Things not seen before. If you are 
open to rediscovering in some cases and developing a theology which includes supernatural weapons of prayer and praise and fasting and turning your, asking God for wisdom. Those are weapons of our warfare. And if you are recognizing that sometimes the forces of evil are at work in our world are genuine and real. Uh, you know, I came across somebody who said something I thought it was interesting. They said, you know, it seems to be that the Christians, so many Christians are caught up in spiritual conspiracy theories. Well, the world doesn't even recognize a devil, so how will they see any conspiracies if they don't even understand there's a work of darkness around them? You won't even understand that. They can't comprehend it. They don't believe in a God. They don't believe in a devil. They don't believe in any of this invisible round stuff. So how can they put possibly think that there's any kind of conspiracy going on? But if you focus on God, you're going to soon discover divine guidance, provision, signs and wonders in the area of healings, deliverance, and the miraculous. We believe in those things. The Bible's quite clear in those things. High places defeated, strongholds demolished. What is Paul saying to the Corinthian church? He's saying that there could come in the midst of a secular, worldly view place which Corinth was, a victorious spirit formed in Christians living in freedom and freedom coming to those. We said where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom trapped in bondage of any kind that within every struggle and failure and frailty found in your life, you can be set free at any time. When you get committed to the things of God and things of any time, anything. It may not be miraculous overnight, but it, I'm telling you, you've got to keep doing what is right. That every purpose and foul snare of attack meant to destroy you can be redeemed and brought back into harmony with Christ's will and his ways. Anything that you have gone through, any one of you right now struggles and almost brought you out of this world, took you out. Past mistakes, fails, frailties, hurt, pain, wounds. It goes on and on. The strife, abuse. All of those things. He's saying that there are way, it's way more about being a Christian and living for Jesus and then waiting for heaven. There's so much more to it than just surviving this life and somehow entering into heaven's glory with unscathed. You're, all of us will have wounds and scars somewhere. And obviously there's more hope for the world beyond ours, and certainly more to this life than just what our miracle, what our empirical senses kind of come across. High places in the Old Testament usually referred to some type of pagan worship, cultic practice that was set up to oppose God, to stand in opposition of the Lord. You'll read that as you read through the uh, Old Testament. King Solomon, one of the wisest kings ever, built a high place for Kamash, the detestable god of the Moabites. For Moloch, the detestable god of the Ammonites. These are legitimate gods. You could go online and research them. And, and, and uh, Jonathan Kahn talks about the return of the gods. He's talking about these things rising up again in America. King Jeroboam built shrines on high places. They also set them up for, them, for themselves. Sacred stones and Asherah poles on every high hill and under every spreading tree. And listen to what Second King says. The Israelites, I, I think this is important, the Israelites secretly did things against the Lord their God that were not right. From watchtower to fortified city, they built themselves high places in all their towns. And every high place they burned incense as the nations whom the Lord had driven out before them had done. They did wicked things 
that provoked the Lord to anger. These were, this was the people of God that would begin to do this, thinking it was no big deal. Anybody take a walk down the waterfront lately and see any giant idols? Manasseh, one of the most wicked kings in Israel's history. He rebuilt the high places his father Hezekiah had destroyed. Children rebuilding stuff that the father had destroyed. He also erected Baal, altars to Baal and made the Asherah pole. And Ahab, the king of Israel, had done. He bowed down to this, all the starry hosts and worshipped them. There's, this goes on and on. These are things that are right in our, we're seeing them come to pass now. The high places were usually located on natural heights where places for cultic worship. They were supplied with idols like the Asherah pole, a wooden pole symbolizing the goddess of fertility. They clean that up. The goddess of sex and immorality is what it is. If you researched it, they would do terrible things. Along with one, and one or more still stone pillars symbolizing male de deity having both male and female prostitutes in their temple. The altars built of stone, separate high places of God contained tent special rooms with cultic vessels and stored and where sacrificial meals were eaten. Many pagan burning of incense, demonic entities, special sacrifice, the eating of sacrificial meals, worship and praying to false god, prostitution. And that's where you hear about child sacrifice. Some of you think, why is God so mean in the Old Testament? Why did he destroy people? The nations were against everything that God stood for. Everything. And they were terrible things going on so let me close we use our powerful this is from the message second corinthians same verse of scripture but from another paraphrase we use our powerful god tools for smashing warped philosophies tearing down barriers erected against the truth of god fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by christ that's what he's after you are not to be held captive. In fact, you can take captive those thoughts. Fears, lusts, bad reports, curses, all kinds of anomalies of that nature. Every position, every high place in your life and thinking, Jesus says, can be defeated. The weapons we fight with have divine power to, to destroy strongholds. I, I don't focus on this stuff. I don't drive this Sunday after Sunday. I don't speak about it all the time. But it's part of the makeup of Maple View Community Church. We're not going to be just moved over. And we're not, we have reasons and of why we do what we do. You can tear down warped thinking caused by the pains and wounds of the past. You can break free of sins and curses of ancient family secrets and sin. Some of us have generational things in our life. They can be broken. You don't have to follow suit with those things. You can demolish practices and ignorance that hold you back from, the, from your past. Those things that get into you. I'll never make it. My mom, my dad said I was stupid all my life. That's not true. God can reinterpret that for you. God wants to equip you this last half of the year with all that you need to encounter the kingdom of God in power. I'm so excited about the days ahead. I'm so excited about what God's doing in our midst. Not in a boastful, we are better than anybody, but just that he has plans and purposes for each and every one of us. You're in that. If you're in this, under this tent today, you hear this, this uh, he has intentions for you. And they may look different than anybody else. Is it? But we're together. We're the body, the bride, the church. And we're going somewhere, and God's going to help us get there. So would you, 
When those intrusive thoughts come, wherever, whenever, at nighttime when you're lying, looking up at the stars, whether in bed, whether when you're what, don't allow them to be overcome by them. You can't, ex in, I said it last week, in Jesus' name, they shall have to submit. In Jesus, and begin to submit your life in every area that you can. Lord, take this area. Take this, I, I give it to you. I get, and just keep doing it as long as you need to keep doing it. Get the promises of God in your heart. And you're going to make it. You're going to discover the highest and best for God is still yet to come. So, who's with me? Are you with me? We're going to cast down some intrusive thoughts. Amen. You're listening to Maple View Community Church Podcast. Mm -hmm.